0: So the reason to come to the summit is because it's the highest concentration of security talent in the planet that is actually working together to solve real-world problems. It's basically the environment where you get to spend a huge amount of focused time on the things that you really care about.
1: This is the DevSecOps Days podcast. The DevSecOps Day podcast series is supported by OWASP, dedicated to enabling organizations to create and maintain software applications that can be trusted. And with support from the Sonatype Nexus platform, allowing companies to automatically evaluate and track open source components with known vulnerabilities within the DevSecOps pipeline. This is Mark Miller, executive producer of the DevSecOps Days podcast series. If you're enjoying the series, we'd appreciate your support by joining the community at devsecopsdays.com. As a thank you for joining us, you'll receive a copy of the book Epic Failures in DevSecOps, where eight authors tell their stories and how projects they worked on got completely hosed. Thanks in advance for your support. And now on to today's broadcast. Three years ago, there was an idea floating around OWASP. A core community was looking for a way to have an isolated week, where security project working groups could get together with no distractions and work on projects they felt were important. From this idea, the Open Security Summit was founded. Now in its third year, the summit takes place in an isolated forest located between London and Manchester. The format for the gathering is to present an environment with no distractions, with a community of 150 security professionals can meet to update each other on their progress in the past year and to choose working groups to outline and work on future projects. This is not a podium lecture series conference. It is a five-day, high-energy experience during which attendees get the chance to work and collaborate intensively. Each working session is geared towards a specific application security challenge and will be focused on actionable outcomes. In this episode, I speak with Seba Delesneider, Dennis Cruz, Gemma Davis, and Francois Renault, core organizers of the event, talking about why they started the event, what has changed over the years, and what you can expect as an attendee at the Open Security Summit? One of the things that people will want to know about your event is exactly what is it. This sounds like it's different than one of the typical OWASP events. Uh,
2: yes, Mark. It's actually it's following what we had in the past with OWASP. It's it was called like the OWASP Summit uh we've renamed that but it's still supported by us to the, towards the open security summit it's a typical what we call unconference it's where people go together people come to uh, the summit uh, we do have i would say a rough schedule set up but it's really based on uh, the the people joining the summit uh, and amount of interest and amount of people that are putting energy into the working sessions that will make the working session reality so we have a whole lot of i would say open working sessions on a whole lot of different topics within security and OWASP that people are going to uh, jointly work on so it's actually an event where people are supposed to be working on stuff and not only listen to like talks or training so it's a it's a, a typical i would say OWASP summit It's not then a lecture series. This is actually a a working session. Yes, it's all working sessions. So all people that join are really uh, supposed to be preparing topics and working on topics together.
1: Is it like open spaces, or are you doing work panels? How is it arranged?
2: Well, well, the venue is set up that we have a central venue, so where we have like where we can host like four, five different tracks where people can go uh, in and out. And then we have a lot of lodges or villas nearby we can, where we can organize smaller workshops. Gemma, it sounds
1: as if uh, people can vote with their feet as far as which sessions they would choose to go to.
3: Yeah, definitely. We have a fluid um, schedule and the process for an individual to sign up or not sign up is is just, just go on to GitHub and create a pull request and they manage their own schedules.
1: How many people are you expecting?
3: Um, so roughly about 150, that'll be both on-site and remote participants um, working in a, a variety of security roles.
1: That's interesting. How are the people in the remote going to participate?
3: So they'll ju- join using a Google Meets. Each organization organizer will facilitate um, the time for them to join in and, and take part in the sessions.
1: How would they participate? If I've got a working session, I've usually got some kind of whiteboard going on. There's a lot of open discussion going on. How is the remote participant going to be part of that?
3: So they contribute via um, Slack through in you know having discussions with the people in the group. There are presentations so that the facilitator or organizer will be sharing the, the whiteboard that they're working on. At the end of each session, they... They provide their outcomes um, and that all gets collated by a team of technical writers who publish that onto our outcomes pages on the website.
1: What is your percentage of remote versus live?
3: Oh, I'm not 100% sure.
0: So I actually think that the objective is to get 150 on site. And and the remote t- it tends to be a bit flexible. The, t- it, the remote tends to be very focused on the, um, the topic. So the people on site tend to participate on just about everything that's there. They kind of mix and match, but remote tend to kind of focus on specific things. We had some really good case studies uh, of success, for example, the last one, the last summits, where, for example, the OS top 10 had really good participation um, when there was that whole uh, re- revised version. And I would say that it depends a lot on the quality of the preparation for the support for the remote participation. Uh, when there's that energy, it kind of works quite well because you have the Google Meets, you have the shared documents, you have people contributing, and these days technology tends to work reasonably well. Uh, I think it's more to do with the topic and the amount of preparation and and the amount of the kind of conversation that works well with the remote um, kind of participation versus site.
1: What type of audience are you expecting to come?
0: So we have a really good mix, uh, and it goes all the way from uh, very technical, very sort of developers and security practitioners. To all the way to management and executives and CISOs and um, people from governments, people from uh, commercial companies. I think that's the beauty of the summits. In fact, you know, like OWASP, it's this community where you have multiple disciplines all collaborating and working for a shared goal. You know, Really, for example, spectacular situations where when we had the thread modeling community intersecting with the worldly maps community and realizing there's a huge amount of correlation including we also had some user stories uh, where we actually had uh, program managers coming in and that kind of multi-faceted kind of conversations and problem solving is what gets i think really interesting when you have an environment like the summit
1: I've got a, an ulterior motive here. I didn't realize that you guys did Wardley mapping. We've got Simon coming to doing the keynote for all day DevOps this year.
0: Yeah, well, we actually are going to have Simon Wardley and Dave Snowden which is another sort of big uh, player on the whole mapping and with the Kinevin framework. That was a big success last year, the Worldly Maps, and, and we really want to take it up a level this year. Um, because I feel that there is so much from a security point of view that we can use those concepts.
1: Well, Francois, you've been with the organizing group since the beginning. What are some of the different things you're going to do this year as opposed to the previous years?
4: One of the first things we're doing this year is accepting vendors to actually showcase their technologies. Uh, One of the main things that we require is open source, uh, which is the aim of the summit, really. It's just like, how are we going to make cybersecurity accessible for everybody? How they can help make cybersecurity better for everybody? And for vendors that give them the ability to to validate the solutions, that help them to actually improve... Uh, their solutions uh, via the qualification of the open source community, but we 've got lots of exciting new tracks like uh, API security track, PSD two track, serverless track, maps and graph uh, track it's, um, it, it's, but obviously uh, we can 't forget the the barbecue of uh, the, the the open security summit it's uh, kind of a legend every year, and there will be some other surprises we can 't actually reveal everything. Uh, In terms of strength, there will be always the worldly maps, there will be the True shop, there will be the OSM, there will be threat modeling, there will be Zap and plenty more. It's the place to be.
1: Let me open this up to all four of you then and you can kind of talk on each other. What are some of the cool things that you're planning on doing outside of the event?
2: Francois already mentioned that we we do have barbecue uh, summit barbecue, absolutely. What's really cool about the event is that a lot of the action also goes on throughout the evening and even the night. The setup of the the conference and the summit is really that not only is there the tracks and the and the sessions throughout the day, but also throughout the evening, a lot of people get together at the villas, have a drink and meet a lot of the other people from the community. And since it's on a what we call like a remote location, there's no distraction from like from a big city. You have a lot of interactions, and and that's that's really where a lot of the magic of the summit happens.
1: Gemma, what is the surrounding area? Where is this taking place?
3: So it's uh, in a in a random forest in Bedfordshire.
1: <laughs> that's uh, what I wanted to hear. Just a random place.
3: So it's kind of in the middle of nowhere. The location has been selected to make sure that we kind of make the most of our time together. So there's very little way in in the way of distractions, the odd squirrel and birds, uh, but we get together out in the middle of nowhere and and solve real real world problems together.
1: What's the uh, local transportation like? Where will people fly in? Uh, How would they get there?
3: Um, So it's got reasonable links from Heathrow Airport. There's a free shuttle bus that takes you from the local train station of Flitik into the venue and it drops you right outside the conference location. So there's no need to, to wander about the forest trying to find us. We're, we're pretty easy to find when you get there.
1: It sounds like I'm going on a camping trip.
3: We set up in, in um, a series of villas, which are, are pretty cool, to be honest. They're high tech. We have pool tables, private bedrooms, bathrooms. It's camping, but on the, the luxury side. each of our villas have um, jacuzzis and their own kitchen facilities and saunas and steam rooms.
1: The basics that we need to know, everybody's going to want to know is what's the date? How long does it go? How much is it going to cost?
2: Yeah, it's June 3rd. So we start Monday, June 3rd until uh, Friday, June 7th. So it's uh, basically in, uh, in two months. Yes, yeah, Seba, how much does it cost? So now tickets are now, uh, so we just had early birds ending, and let me have a look online. Yes, so a standard summit ticket, so this includes, uh, I would say, all kind of catering and, uh, and lodging from Monday until Friday. The uh, cost is 1,500 pounds, and with, uh, with the Brexit coming up, that will be going cheaper and cheaper every day now.
1: <laughs> oh, that's a bad one. Oh.
2: <laughs> yeah, well, I'm pretty sure you will get in. That's not a problem. And so we also have day tickets, 240 pounds. Uh, there's also tickets without uh, accommodation if you want to stay nearby. There's there's even hotels there nearby. So there's it's not a problem. Uh, you have all kinds all kinds of budgets uh, are catered for.
1: I don't want to poke a stick in anybody's eye here, but if I remember correctly, uh, specifically Dennis and Siba, when you try to to start this there was a lot of pushback from OWASP have you guys worked through all of
2: that now and this is now an annual event yes uh, in 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 essence the, we've come to i would say a a a loose i would say collaboration between the this open security summit and OWASP it's still uh, i would say officially supported by OWASP and there is definitely i would say the uh, i would say the people at OWASP and people the the new executive director and the board support us uh in 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 that way i think it's uh it's it's a collaboration to, and and so in essence there is no i would say issues around that collaboration uh, hopefully we'll be working together more uh, and even more closely in the next coming months and, and years is owasp helping fund this now no we're, uh we're funding this totally with uh with people paying their tickets and with sponsors so having said that it's something if if you care about this and if you want uh, if you want to support us the best way to do that is convince your boss or your organization to actively support us and sponsor us the way I'd want to
1: leave this and I'll start with you Dennis is give people the reason why they should come to this you guys have been at it since the beginning here. Why would people come?
0: So the reason to come to the summit is because it's the highest concentration of security talent in the planet that is actually working together to solve real-world problems. It's basically the environment where you get to spend a huge amount of focused time on the things that you really care about. So the way the summit works is by finding clusters of passionate people That care about a topic, and then also have the cross fertilization from people that got attracted from other clusters, where you get that very sweet combination of talent, passion, focus, and real-world problems. In the kind of spirit of OAS, in the spirit of openness, in the spirit of of learning, you have a huge amount of generosity in people's time, in people's knowledge. And going back to the question you asked about what happens, you know, know, in the middle of the summit or after, in in my head, the summit is a continuous kind of event from 8 o'clock in the morning all the way to 1 o'clock in the morning. Because the best part of the summit sometimes are the conversations that you happen to have or the sessions that you, you go. But instead of being sort of by accident like a conference, we actually can social engineer those events. In fact, you know, the best summit, I would say, uh, participants and the ones who get the most are the ones who actually create working sessions on the topics they care about they generate energy around them and then they have really great experiences with others contributing and they participating in the ideas that they care about
3: I'd say one of the main reasons why we've been successful um, this is my third summit that I've been involved with is we genuinely care about how people get on at the summit we we care about their feedback we listen to what they want us to do and we take note and try and take action for example last year we noticed that we weren't getting a lot of women to the summit so we set up a dedicated women in tech track and this year um groundhog security and devsetcon are, are supporting that women in tech track um, and women in AppSec track. We genuinely care about getting the diverse group of people together and giving them an event that they care about and that is meaningful to them.
0: The summit working sessions and what happened at the summit is this sort of Darwinian model where the best sessions end up happening. So the reality is, if you have a passion and you have a topic that you really want worked on and you want to harvest the collective intelligence of who's there, you're still in time to create the working sessions and to generate energy behind it. And usually what ends up happening is the best working sessions traditionally only gets created in the last couple of weeks to the summit. We actually be better than, than the last couple of years because we actually have a schedule and we have a whole list of tracks and working sessions because usually that only happens in the last days or week. But I would say that for the the ones who are really interested in particular topics or feel that the topic is covered, but they really want a variation of it, please submit pull requests. Please kind of be involved and help to make the summit something that is really great for you.
1: I like that. For me, it sounds almost like open spaces on steroids.
0: Yes. And I, I, I always think that it's... It's about manufacturing serendipity, right? It's about creating a lobby-con environment where instead of that magic kind of moment being dependent on the right person be at the right time at the right queue, you actually can put the people that are passionate about something in the same place. And sometimes he's in the same villa, sometimes he's in the same room.
1: Where can people go for more information
2: for tickets and for sponsorship? The online URL is uh, OpenSecuritySummit.org. Uh, so if you Google that, you'll definitely find us. We're looking at June 3rd to start
1: the week and going for a week. We're in the middle of the woods with a bunch of elves, it sounds like. Mm-hmm. So it should be a quite fun event. Thank you guys for, for the time and for your effort. And I hope we can encourage people to come and
2: see you. Yeah, thank you. Thank you. Thank you very
4: much,
0: Mark.
1: This is the DevSecOps Days podcast. The DevSecOps Day podcast series is supported by OWASP, dedicated to enabling organizations to create and maintain software applications that can be trusted and with support from the Sonotype Nexus platform, allowing companies to automatically evaluate and track open-source components with known vulnerabilities within the DevSecOps pipeline. Thank you for listening. Don't forget to go to devsecopsdays.com and join the community and pick up your free copy of Epic Failures in DevSecOps.